Since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, global health systems have been challenged like never before. As time and resources were directed towards responding to the virus, it was the dedication of healthcare workers that kept services running. Amongst the uncertainty, our hardworking Queensland clinicians have continued their pursuit of excellence, innovating and adapting the way they work to ensure consumers always receive the best care possible. To them, the pandemic was an opportunity to learn and grow and to ensure healthcare delivery continues to evolve to the ever-changing landscape. Because if we've learned anything from the last two years, it is that things will always change and our clinicians will always rise to the occasion. The corporate world transitioned quickly to working from home and endless video chats when the pandemic struck. The transition for our healthcare system, while keeping patients at the forefront, was much more complex. How did our clinicians manage to keep hospitals open and functioning for those who needed them, meet the potential demands of COVID surges, and transition care safely where possible? While I would say dedication and a little creativity, I'll defer to them. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Vanessa Moore. I'm the CMC of our centre. I specialise in cystic fibrosis, and I'm also the coordinator of our statewide service. And this is Kelly Burgess. She's a specialist physio with our team. Today we're presenting on behalf of Associate Professor Dr David Reid, who unfortunately cannot be here today. And today our presentation is to highlight how we provide care to the most geographically dispersed CF community in the world during COVID and also the subsequent lockdowns. So 2020 quickly became the year where the world became so reliant on the use of technology to stay connected, informed, and also for the delivery of healthcare. The Adult Cystic Fibrosis Centre is located at the Prince Charles Hospital and is part of the Metro North Hospital and Health Service. The Cystic Fibrosis Centre is the largest adult cystic fibrosis centre in Australia and also the Southern Hemisphere, providing care to the most geographically dispersed CF population in the world. We are a statewide service and our patients are dispersed throughout Queensland the Northern Territory and Northern New South Wales, with patients residing as further down as Coffs Harbour. In fact, 60% of our patient cohort live greater than 200 k's from our health service. While the rest of the world was just learning of the implications of cross-infection, mask wearing and hand hygiene, our CF team and patients were both well-versed and no stranger to these concepts. Cross-infection in CF is very well described in our literature. Coughing is known to generate a high production of aerosolised particles and research from within our own centre by Professor Scott Bell and Michelle Wood has demonstrated that infectious aerosols can travel up to four metres from a person and remain airborne for 45 minutes after coughing. As a result, the CF team and the CF community we're more prepared for COVID than many, as strict infection control practices and mask wearing was already part of our standard practice. Patients are admitted based on microbiology to a dedicated CF ward with a state-of-the-art single room ventilation and with nursing staff 
who have special ex experience in infection control. Unfortunately for our CF patient group, this ward was identified early as being suitable, a suitable environment to house COVID positive patients. Okay, so at the end of December 2019, a new coronavirus was discovered in Wuhan in China, and this was rapidly spreading throughout the world. At this point in time, with the outbreak evolving and without literature or evidence to guide our decision making, it was anticipated that our CF community would be more prone to severe illness or even death. On the 6th of February 2020, Queensland had its first COVID-19 case and based on the rapid spread around the world, we were required to come up with some strategies to not only protect our CF community and keep them safe, but also to maintain health and wellbeing without compromising service delivery. To do this, our multidisciplinary team, which consists of about 29 people, met in February 2020 to plan our response to COVID-19 with several working groups allocated specific tasks. Some key issues we needed to think about. Outpatient clinics. We have four clinics a week with approximately 60 appointments. And our outreach services to Cairns and Townsville. How are we going to do this? How are we going to manage pulmonary exacerbations? Where are we going to put our patients now that their ward's gone? How do we nebulise CF-specific medications or use non-invasive ventilation for airway clearance in light of hospital COVID policies restricting aerosol-generating procedures? How do our patients access their medications when they're encouraged to stay home or even when our borders are closed? How do we keep our CF community up to date and informed with information that is accurate, as well as the continuous and fast-moving changes to the hospital tier responses. As a team who manages chronic care, how do we keep our patients engaged and remain connected to the specialist treating team? Within a period of two weeks, we had rapidly and comprehensively transitioned to an almost virtual CF centre. Our clinical service delivery. In the beginning, our centre already had an established telehealth clinic However, we were unable to utilise this as it required the patient to attend their local hospital. Due to restrictions with Queensland Health virtual platforms, a lack of computers at the beginning, and an inability to obtain cameras and headphones, 90% of our face-to-face -face consults were replaced by, dare I say it, phone clinics. These were not your normal phone clinics, though. It required two nursing staff to become air traffic controllers. Two specialist nurses coordinated the flow of clinics via teams, which was certainly a challenge to begin with as no one really knew how teams worked at the beginning. Our patients received up to five phone calls per appointment from each member of our multidisciplinary team, and our centre's own CF database was used as progress notes to collaborate and plan care. It was also a way in which we as healthcare workers were able to maintain social distancing while running a large multidisciplinary team clinic. Our biannual outreach clinics to Cairns and Townsville were also run in this fashion over a period of five days. As technology became more available, we moved to a mixed model of phone calls and video conferencing depending on our patients' wishes and also their access to data in their homes. 
We did see an increase in multidisciplinary team telehealth consultations from 19% to 79% within two weeks of COVID being identified in Queensland. In fact, we saw an overall growth in clinic consultations in 2020, with no reduction seen in service delivery. With the transition of clinics to a virtual model, the need for objective measures to be used in clinical assessments during telehealth and phone consultations was quickly identified. Home spirometers were funded through CF Queensland, 65 Roses and Queensland Health and allocated and distributed to the patient cohort. Small and portable comparison studies with these devices demonstrated accuracy to within 2% of hospital spirometry, whilst negating the need for patients to present to the hospital. The physiotherapists created educational training videos and ensured optimal spirometry technique through the completion of RFTs via telehealth and follow-up with patients achieving inconsistent results. For patients with CF, exercise is an integral part of airway clearance and for some, the only form of airway clearance they engage in. With gym closures affecting the general community, and a heightened awareness of infection control in our patient population, the physiotherapists launched a virtual weekly exercise program through the Adult Cystic Fibrosis Centre Facebook page. Facebook was an easily accessible platform that was already being used by the majority of the CF community. This proved to be highly effective at improving access to telehealth and exercise sessions equitably across our geographically dispersed patient cohort. The self-paced 30-minute workouts involved the CFMDT and medical staffing and as a means of facilitating engagement, because who doesn't want to watch the doctors exercise, and provided an opportunity for patients to see staff themselves also demonstrating best practice as regularly encouraged within CF care. On average, each video was viewed 288 times with 41% of our patient population watching greater than 90% of the video. In doing so, we effectively captured 63.5 patients weekly in just 30 to 40 minutes. And to put this in perspective, to achieve this doing a one-on-one -on -one telehealth each week is 31.75 hours, almost one FTE, with highly positive feedback received from our consumers, the patients. Whilst business was booming for the local McDonald's within a five kilometre radius of your home, so too did the ACFC pharmacists with the creation of a drive-through pharmacy. CF patients were able to phone through to our CF pharmacists and organise their scripts to be processed and medications dispensed and brought out for collection, all without leaving the comfort of their car. One FTE pharmacy tech was recruited to run the program within Prince Charles. Statistics collected during this period while this operated demonstrated no reduction in the number of medications dispensed. With success in the pharmacy drive-through and a looming flu season, the team saw another opportunity to capture these patients through a drive-through influenza vaccination clinic. Run by CF specialist nurses, patients could now also receive their vaccine with a 15-minute observation in-car wait. Over the course of three months, we successfully administered 49 influenza vaccines with no adverse events occurring. This proved to have increased uptake in vaccination rates comparative to the same period in 2019. This process provided risk mitigation of our vulnerable patient cohort, 
effectively eliminating unnecessary exposure while transiting through the hospital. Anxiety and low mood is common in CF. Adding COVID-19, which has heightened fear and anxiety, in addition to lockdowns increasing social isolation. The ACFC social workers identified the critical need for screening tools to aid in the identification and management of this. The social workers rapidly developed QR codes to facilitate online access for patients to independently complete pre-existing screening tools. Designed in collaboration with consumers and the CF team, this enabled a high number of patients to still be captured. And of this, 18% of respondents were identified as having a high screening score for anxiety and low mood. This was managed with contact being made within 24 hours and further intervention and support being provided to these patients. The ACFC has a very active research and clinical trials unit, participating in a number of international pharmaceutical sponsored studies. At the commencement of the COVID-19 pandemic, there were 33 patients enrolled in these studies geographically spread from northern New South Wales to far north Queensland. These were primarily phase three trials investigating rev revolutionary medicines in cystic fibrosis, and therefore of utmost importance was close safety monitoring of the participants and maintaining data integrity. Due to the public health emergency de declaration resulting in lockdowns, state border restrictions, and inability and anxiety related to travel to Brisbane, a contingency plan for clinical trials was quickly implemented. Urgent approval by ethics committees was sought as all of these strategies had fallen outside of the original study protocols. Some of these strategies included switching study sites to remote or virtual phone clinics, careers used to deliver study drugs to home residents, safety monitoring for patients undertaken using local pathology services. No study miss visits were missed as a result of the lockdown periods. And these strategies remain in place and can quickly be implemented at short notice should restrictions or lockdowns be announced in the future. With a highly successful transition to a virtual model of care in response to the pandemic, we need to consider how do we facilitate the provision of clinical excellence to our patient cohort? We recognise that face-to-face -face consultations and outpatient reviews remain the gold standard in managing our patient cohort in the community. At this stage, we have reverted back to 60-40 face-to-face virtual model for outpatient clinics. However, we now have the capability and infrastructure to readily and easily switch back to a digital health model as required. We are currently in the process of assessing the implications of this model through consumer engagement and objective measures. Using these innovative strategies, we will continue to adapt, reassess and plan to ensure an ongoing level, high level of excellence in the provision of care to our patients. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland. <laughs>